This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. You are listening to Meanwhile in Memphis, a program dedicated to conversations that celebrate the organizations, initiatives, and people that are shaping Memphis for the better. Meanwhile in Memphis is brought to you by New Memphis, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to develop, activate, and retain the city's most important resource, its people. Your hosts today are me, Anna Thompson, and Rebecca Daly. And in today's episode, we're exploring a resource available to assist local businesses. Memphis needs local businesses to thrive. We need businesses to choose our city, and we need Memphians to launch new businesses. New Memphis amplifies this work by celebrating wins for local companies of all sizes and by highlighting successful business leaders who care about the community in Memphis. We are also connectors, making sure that individuals and organizations find ways to magnify their impact in Memphis. In that spirit, we invite our guests from Lyft Insights and Capital Partners to join us today. Lyft Insights consists of a group of former executives with more than 100 years of experience combined. That's a lot. Uh, (laughs) And they have launched a business to provide funding to businesses, as well as advice to companies throughout the Mid-South. This group of executives at the helm includes Bruce Landau, Greg Landau, Josh Lippman, Jim Isaacs, Peter Felsenthal, and Paolo Teixeira. And today we are joined by Bruce and Paolo. Bruce Landau enjoys helping others with his expertise in sales, sourcing, executive leadership, buying and selling businesses, and navigating family business dynamics. Bruce served as the CEO and owner of Landau Uniforms, and he built and supported a top-flight leadership team and has spent 20-plus years building an international manufacturing facility. Additionally, he has grown a business from a U.S. manufacturing concern to a global healthcare brand. It's pretty impressive. It is. <laughs> and Paolo brings expertise in strategy, marketing, HR, and company culture to Lyft's partnership. Uh, before coming to Lyft, Paolo served as a COO and CEO, and he serves on several boards involved with local organizations. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Bruce and Paolo, who will share more about how Lyft partners offer expertise and connections to help lift businesses to the next level. Welcome, Bruce and Paolo. How are you today? Great. How are you? Pretty good. I can't complain on this wonderful Tuesday morning. Um, I wanted to kind of get us started And can one of you or both of you tell us a little bit about why the quote-unquote traditional view of retirement just kind of wasn't cutting it for both of y'all and for the other founders of Lyft? Well, each of us founders of Lyft were lucky enough to have grown our own businesses and hit us a time in a space where it was, we were looking for alternatives. It was a great time to either transition the business to the next generation or to sell the business. Yet, we were all still pretty young, or at least in our mind, <laughs> yes, pretty no, young. Yes, no, you are. You are. Uh, so we weren't ready to just go hit off and balls. retire and hit golf balls. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know which end of the stick <laughs> to hold and which end to swing. So that's that was kind of the genesis for us getting together to start Lyft. If I may add to that, um, you know, we have known each other for over 25 years, and we kept saying that uh, at some point in our lives, we wanted to do something together. 
And this turned out to be the perfect timing for us to uh, get together and uh, do something good. I love it. Um, so can you share a little bit about the a quick origin story? Yeah, I just mentioned a little bit about that, uh, our desire to uh, get together and, and, and work together. Um, and uh, we've all had different but similar experiences running businesses and uh, transitioning businesses from generation to generation and things like that. And uh, just in, in discussing what we wanted to do going forward, we felt like we could deploy our experiences from the past uh, into the future with businesses that uh, we could help grow. And uh, you can think of us as a 150-year-old, uh, that's our collective experience, startup ourselves. Wow, how sage <laughs> and wise. I love that. Don't know about that, but... The way I would put it is that between the six of us, we've made every mistake in the book. And if we can stop other companies from making those mistakes, they can go on their growth trajectory much quicker. Faster and, and, and safer. And safer. Yeah, absolutely. So with age and wisdom, or age and experience comes wisdom, and it, it sounds like you very much are functioning as mentors within the business community and sharing what worked for you and, more importantly, what didn't. Sure. But what does it mean to mentor a business versus mentoring an individual? Well, the way I think about it, Rebecca, is when mentoring a business is kind of acting as an advisor or a board of advisors and helping them understand what is impactful, what's their value proposition, what's their reason for existence, what's their opportunity, how do they connect with whoever they're trying to serve. And if we can deploy some of the tools that we used in our organizations and help them use those tools for their organization, then we're uh, helping lift them up and bring them to their next growth opportunity. An appropriate name for your operation. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, so as you mentioned earlier, each of you has been lucky enough to lead and own your own businesses. Some are all family businesses, some? Some were, and some, uh, like me, for instance, my experience has been transitioning family businesses that were not my family from one generation to the next, as an example. Oh, wow. Okay. And you've been able to navigate those transitions, um, like you mentioned, to the next generation. I'm curious, um, the gap that you both find Lyft standing in for Memphians, that thing that kind of wasn't maybe already available or makes Lyft unique from the other resources that might have already been around. Yeah, I think what's unique is uh, the kinds of companies that uh, we are talking to and are looking forward to talking to, uh, continuing to talk to. Talking to. Um, smaller businesses typically don't have access to good resources, good mentoring, good advisors, um, and things of that nature. And we are putting ourselves there as somebody that's willing to help those smaller businesses achieve their next uh, step of growth. Um, typically, you would have a situation uh, in which those larger businesses uh, can afford a, a, uh, a advice and advisors and things of that nature, and the smaller businesses are struggling a little bit to do that. So our advice is actually very um, is placed, if you will, in a, in a, in a way that they can't afford it uh, for starters. Uh, and allows us to learn a little bit about their companies and them about us 
And then if they are in need of capital to, uh, to untie that Gordian knot of growth, uh, we can arrange for that as well. So it's, it's how we're targeting in terms of size and uh, how difficult it is for those smaller companies sometimes to get the right advice. But I did want to clarify too that you've um, that both of you have mentioned to me that it isn't the, the stage of the organizations that y'all are uh, looking to work with. Can you help clarify that a little bit for a listener? That it's not maybe startups. Yes. Yeah, so so where we're looking to have the most impact and in, in to help companies, we're not working to traditionally or primarily we're not working with startups. Right. We're working with ongoing operations but ongoing businesses that are at a size where they're bring they have good revenue and they bring have, have profitability but they don't they're not large enough to really be attractive to like a private equity uh, player okay so can we pause for just a second and you break down what maybe would be attractive to private equity i don't know a lot about what that would mean so for like a layman's terms sure uh Private equity, so so let me give you some history. Okay. The, the way private equity works is it collects money from wealthy individuals or pension and profit sharing. Okay. And then it takes that money and it looks for businesses to buy. And then it looks for other businesses to add on to roll into that initial acquisition. And then it tries to finance those businesses with debt loan and make them more profitable and then sell them. And they generally do that in a five to seven year time frame so that they can then return more money to the investors than was originally given to them. Okay, and that makes sense. Thank you. A simpler way of thinking about this maybe is um, the companies that we're targeting, they're just not big enough to be noticed by other companies that may want to um, tie up with them, merge with them, buy them, or buy those groups, uh, uh, as Bruce uh, mentions, uh, okay. private equity and all of that. So you'd be to bridge that gap for those smaller companies to be noticed. Okay. But they still have the um, the profits, like you mentioned, they still have the tremendous assets and they're meeting a need for the community. Yeah, I would think that if you're an ongoing Memphis Community Mid-South Company, and you see, boy, if we only had more money, we could expand our product offering, no, do a different vertical, expand the customers geographically that we're serving, or bring in a competitor who's maybe smaller or about to retire. But we just don't have the dollars internally we're profitable, but not enough to buy another company or to expand okay. it to a different product line that where we see a great need. That's a place where we as Lyft would come in and say, let us help you. Let us help build out what success would look like to try this strategy. So you're and able to come in with a 10,000 foot view and a more of a neutral stance looking at a business and the way that they're currently operating and look down the road and see where there's support available that they may not be able to reach themselves and you can bridge that gap is that that's accurate? exactly right and and it's uh it's not just necessarily capital a lot of times or sometimes they they have the capital but what they don't have is the bandwidth of management and the knowledge to uh like i said before like to untie that gordian knot of growth 
So, so it could be a question of uh, advising them and or providing capital, right. either either way. You're really helping them level up. Memphis has level a lot up, of exactly. great startup aggregators and accelerators. So lots of businesses start here. Uh, but you're looking at folks who are a few years down the road, a decade or so down the road into their operations, have kind of maxed their capacity and there's a gap in the Memphis market. Is there anyone else doing what you do here in Memphis for businesses? Not that we know of. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, with the friends that we have throughout the country, you know, we kept asking about other, other cities. I don't think that that is a model that is very common out there. Wow. Uh, and that what you mentioned is exactly right. We would be helping those companies that are past the startup phase, but yet too small to be noticed by the outside world. And that's exactly the niche of companies that we would be helping. Often companies can grow like stairs. You can go to a certain uh, volume, revenue, and then whatever got you there is not enough, whether it's computer systems, whether it's how you manage between teams. Mm -hmm. You know, initially businesses really are founder-based and everything goes through that founder. So many decisions. Oh, that's so true. And then after you've made it up that first step, then you have a very small management team that does everything, right? And then you can grow to a certain size in revenue model at that size. Then you're stalled because you haven't built a true leadership team and you haven't brought in the computer systems and the technology to take it to that next level. This is where we, through our the, the hard work and luck that we had in growing our organizations, can apply that and those models and those processes to help them take it to the next level. And hopefully prevent them, as Bruce said earlier, from uh, making some of the same mistakes that we have made in the past. So you you come into companies as a true partner. You're providing knowledge resources. You're able to connect them to financial resources. Um, but what does that look like in terms of a partnership between Lyft and a company? Is there mm. an official? Are you partners? Are you owners? What does that look like? So that's a great question, Rebecca. And the answer is it depends on the need for that client and, and their vision. So we may just... First of all, we may just act as a board of advice. So I was on the call with a client this morning who now for the first time takes is going to be able to take their product into Target. Well, Peter Felsenthal and Whitmore, they sell to Target and every day, <laughs> every day and have for years and Amazon.com, Walmart.com, Bed Bath & Beyond, all these others. Being able to share that knowledge and what you have to do to prepare to sell to Target Knowing that before you start is incredibly beneficial. What a gift. Truly. Right. <laughs> Instead um, of scrambling at the end. Well, or having honestly chargebacks that make the whole business unprofitable oh, because no. you didn't realize yeah. all the hoops that you had to go through to be a, a good partner to Target. Wow. And that's why when you look at um, the name of our company, it's Insight and capital partners. It's not capital and inside partners. Capital comes second. Uh, they might need it. They might not. If they do, uh, we're willing to uh, to work on that with them. We may become actual partners with them, minority partners with them. But the inside comes first. Uh, we need to understand the problem. We can probably help them a lot 
even prior to putting any capital into any company. It sounds like you're very focused on paying your knowledge forward. It, is what you're doing now something you wished existed when you were getting started? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely yes. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely yes. For sure. Um, so between the six of you, is there any industry or kind of experience that you feel like, I feel like you'll probably touch every, like you have a little bit of everything that any kind of organization that would be reaching out for you for, for help, whether it be for insights or for capital, you kind of have the experience with it all. I'm knowledgeable like. and yeah. adaptable between the six of you and your experiences. We, we have quite a bit. And uh, more important than that is what we don't have, we know where to go get it. Okay. Uh, we have a big network of, uh, of uh, partners and friends and, and providers that uh, whatever we don't have, we can, we can go get. I'm excited for the next kind of way, the next like generation of business owners and no matter, I guess, the size, but just no matter what kind of industry they're in, to have the access to the kind of advice that the six of you and Lyft provides. That makes me like really kind of giddy to think about the opportunities that these businesses here in Memphis have. Anna, the other thing that we want to bring to the table is we've built out 6,000 square feet office space. And that is intended for our clients as well as for some nonprofits because we want them to use that space. And there is a collaboration room and there's a conference room uh, with a whiteboard that's the whole length of the wall uh, so that they can get away from their office and on a very regular monthly updates and quarterly meetings really talk through strategy talk through their vision and talk through implementation, how they're doing and achieving their goals away from the office, away from the phone, away from people knocking on their door and disrupting them so they really can focus on their business and, and building that business. It's a mini version of a retreat uh, where they can focus on the future as opposed to focus on the day-to-day -day and be consumed by the day-to-day. It's like what Rebecca likes to say, to work on work, like a That's good right. space to go work. On the business to as work opposed on the to work. in the yes. business. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, sometimes just getting out of your normal atmosphere can just help so much. And just from the pictures you were kind enough to show me, um, it looks like a great space, a very fun, like you said, retreat away from any other office. And like Bruce said, we individually, we don't need a thousand square foot a person. So it was <laughs> built for sharing with uh, those companies that we help. I think that's beautiful. And I think something... We've talked about off and on uh, is the way that business has changed, the way that we interact with each other since the pandemic, oh, that yeah. a lot of companies are more remote and they may not necessarily have a need for constant space. So is the space that you offer, you know, or that is such an incredible resource to be able to come together, put your heads in one room. Um, and I think that really speaks to what you're talking about is sharing knowledge um, and I'm excited to see where that leads in terms of talent retention um, and, and getting people really energized and being able to stay in Memphis that maybe otherwise wouldn't. Is that mm -hmm. something that you foresee as, as a, a, a tool in keeping people here, keeping businesses here? Absolutely. I mean, we're all very community driven. Uh, I think if you take a look at our website, you're going to see that uh, we uh, participate very actively in the community with a number of nonprofits and uh, 
which here we're talking about the for-profits, but of, of course we want to keep the jobs and we want to keep those companies here. So uh, creating a, a space and an environment where people want to be in, uh, it's all that it's about. It's beautiful. Kind of taking that to the next um, step, I guess that's like our common theme today, like the leveling up, the lifting up of everything here. Um, what is the impact of these growing businesses on our local economy here? And why is it important that our community supports businesses to grow and not just kind of, like you mentioned earlier, kind of max out at whatever that first or second or third tier step is? Why is it important that we want our businesses to grow here? Well, the more businesses grow, the more jobs they create. That's exactly right. And the more businesses grow, the more they attract young people who want to be in a vibrant city with a vibrant, growing mentoring. You know, when I, I was at a conference recently, it was and it was in a technology conference, and there were lots of folks from Silicon Valley there, which is obviously huge tech, and yes. as well as New York. And one of the comments was that if you come to a place like Memphis, with your new technology, you have to be part of this community. The community will support you, but you also have to give back to the community. That is the ethos of both Lyft and Memphis. I mean, you don't get that in New York. You don't get that in Chicago. You don't get that in Silicon Valley. That, But that, you know, and, and because we're a smaller city, and because we, you know, my five partners, they're so connected in this community to nonprofits. Um, and we all benefit from that as well as the non, you know, we benefit from being able to connect with each other and learn from each other. But giving back is part of what the Memphis vibe and part of uh, Lyft's vibe. It's very difficult to make a, a difference in a city like New York City, right? It's not that difficult to make a difference here. I mean, if you love Memphis, Memphis, Memphis will love you back. And uh, that's, that's what this is all about. I've always found that to be true myself. I'm a native Memphian, but I do, I do find that even as an adult here, the more you kind of pour into Memphis, the more it pours back into you. And I, I do agree that the access to both resources and kind of following that down the line, whether that means advice, capital, things like that, like the opportunity to be in a room with the six founders of Lyft, like that's access that would not exist in a different city. <laughs> I mean, you just don't have that kind of availability when you're a business owner. And so I think that that is a tremendous asset to the 901 for sure. Absolutely. And Memphis is a, a place where it just feels very natural to pay it forward. And, and it's exciting to hear Absolutely. the scale at which you're committed to doing that. So if you uh, have just joined us and are tuning in, you are hearing our conversation with Paolo Teixeira and Bruce Landau from Lyft Insights and Capital Partners. All right. So, Paolo, you mentioned earlier, uh, you used the term growth capital. Can you break that down for us and, and talk a little bit more about what that means for your organization? Yeah, there are uh, many different ways of looking at capital when you're an entrepreneur, somebody that we would be helping. And uh, that could come in the form of um, uh, loans to that company. It could come in the form of taking an equity stake in the company and becoming a partner with that owner. 
Uh, there's so many ways of scanning the cat. The whole thing is to, the whole idea is to do it very much in partnership with that owner operator in a way that works for them. Okay, so y'all aren't going to swoop in like Shark Tank and like take over companies. No, that's the last thing in our <laughs> minds. <laughs> we've managed more employees than we want to manage. So ah. that, that we've we've checked that box and we're not yes. returning to it. <laughs> yes. Being there, done that, gotten that T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> gotten that T-shirt. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so you've also mentioned that companies can tend to be able to get to a certain level on their own. And so I'm curious what the plans are for each of you and the other four founders of Lyft to continue to kind of lift, lift, and then continue to lift the Memphis community in the long term. Well, one of the areas that we intend to focus on in addition to for-profit, and we are a for-profit company, but we also are very in tuned and targeted to, to helping nonprofits specifically nonprofits focused on youth enrichment, youth education, and, and health and wellness. So we want to identify the best of those in the Memphis area and bring them in and let us help support them and help through our insight and knowledge and, and experience and help provide, let them use our space for their strategic sessions and ongoing growth and opportunities. Those sectors are really exciting and definitely could use a little lift. I definitely feel like <laughs> so I'm excited to see what what happens in the future with y'all. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what else is on the horizon for 2023 for y'all? I know y'all just got into your uh, brick and mortar space, but um, do you have any other big plans? That you'd like to include us in? Just to develop it out and, and, and crawl, walk, run. What phase are you in right now? Starting to walk. Yeah. Ah, okay. You're going to mm -hmm. trot here soon, and, yeah. then, and then you're going to take that, off. That's the plan. Okay. How exciting. And back to uh, you know, uh, your previous question about lifting lift, uh, another way that we intend to do that, too, is um, to be uh, very respectful and mindful of the time of the companies that we are working with. And so we don't want to overload them uh, with our advice <laughs> or uh, them yeah. overload us in such a way that we cannot provide the quality of services that, uh, that we intend to provide. So we are not going to be working with 300 companies all at the same time. We simply uh, don't have the yeah. bandwidth to do it. Uh, but we want to honor that time and, and, and pay it forward that way. It's a delicate dance. It's a balance. Yeah, it's a balance. for sure. Um. So something we like to do here at New Memphis is called a lightning round. And it's just really quick. Yeah. Stream of conscious answer. I promise they're not difficult. Yeah. I have one for each of you and yeah. then one together. So, yeah. Bruce, per the Lyft website, I found out that to relax, you love to play jazz piano. Correct. What is your go-to song? Oh, geez. Any uh, songbook from the American songbook, Gershwin, uh, any jazz uh, standard. Okay. <laughs> you, you looked a little nervous before I said the question, I promise. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we're good. Um, and so, Paolo, so also from the Lyft website, um, I saw that you like to pair food and wine. That is true. So I am curious if you have a best place to eat dinner in Memphis or the best wine and food pairing that you've come across. 
I think that Memphis is incredible in the choices that we have in restaurants. Uh, but a major favorite of mine is Erling Jensen's. Ah, classic. So good. So, so good. Um, and then for both of you, what is your favorite thing about Memphis? The first thing that pops into your head? The people. Bruce, do you concur? Do you have something different? Yeah, how accessible. If you want to do something in Memphis, whatever your interests are, Memphis embraces you. You don't have to be here third generation. You don't have to be wealthy. If you want to help volunteer or be participate in something, Memphis has open arms to bring you in. Because of the great people, right, Bella? That's right. That's exactly <laughs> Bringing right. it back around. I'm a, yeah. I'm a yeah. good example of that. I am not a Memphian, obviously. but um, <laughs> Not obviously. I We're have, a melting uh, pot. I have embraced the city, and the city has embraced me back big time. Well, we're very glad very that you're thankful, here. Thankful for that. Well, thank you so much for each of you, for your time, and thank you for what each of you and the other founders are doing with Lyft and the wonderful insights and capital that y'all will be so lovingly sharing with other business owners to make sure that they can succeed and ultimately make Memphis a success too. Our pleasure. Thanks thank for you, having Anna. us. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Rebecca. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I don't know about you, Anna, but that conversation was insightful and educational for me as well as inspiring. I'm excited to see that there is uh, an organization and a group of people who are committed to filling a gap in terms of the expertise and knowledge that's shareable and available in the community. I, I had no idea there was a gap for that. So that was that was uh, really special to get to have this conversation. I agree. I feel like so often... Um and I feel like sometimes I'm even guilty of it, of focusing on our wonderful larger companies or our super duper small locally owned companies. And I feel like anywhere in the middle kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes. And so I really feel like Lyft is stepping in to make sure that those companies and individuals get to grow to their max potential, which frankly, like I said, like makes me really excited for our city. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, they're, they're polar ends of a lot of business conversations, but the middle folks need support too. And I think this is a group that is inspiring in the way that it's not only committed to the businesses, but so passionate about the ways that they can support Memphis and the people of Memphis in the long run and are paying that forward and paying that passion forward to make sure that the companies they're supporting are doing that too. I really like their model too, which I also feel like makes them unique. Not only that they're um, kind of banded together to use their expertise for a greater good, which is like a superpower, I feel like, but um, I really like their model that they aren't trying to kind of swoop in and have other businesses to run full time. They really just want to pay it forward and make sure that other people don't have to go the long way around like they feel like they did for some things. I think that's really special and, and something I don't think we noted in our conversation was that both Paolo and Bruce are graduates of the New Memphis LDI program, which means they received some executive level leadership uh, early on in their careers uh, at the helm. And knowing that New Memphis had a role in pouring into the skill set that they've built and to get to see that paid forward in real time, that's pretty special. It is pretty special. Also, I do feel like it speaks to 
the LDI program and that with that executive leadership, like you mentioned, is that community tie and the desire and passion to not only be successful in Memphis and have Memphis be successful, but to give back and kind of band together in that way to, again, I know I feel like I keep saying pay it forward, but that really feels like one of the only ways to like, I don't know about you, but like when I think about retirement, I don't know that I think about still working. And so I commend all six of these founders of Lyft because they have so much. They've already accomplished so much. And what they're doing is turning right around and giving it back to the city of Memphis. It's incredible. So one thing that we mentioned earlier is that a lot of um, news kind of happens around the big companies in Memphis and our small little kind of engine that could startups and entrepreneurs. And in that vein, we have a Celebrate What's Right Risky Business coming up in about a week on April 6th at Harden Hall of Memphis Botanic Gardens from noon to 1.30 p.m. Uh, this event is made possible by our generous sponsors, which include First Horizon Foundation, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee, and Duncan Williams Asset Management. We're going to have a really exciting conversation about the climate, ecosystem, whatever you want to call it. The atmosphere right here in Memphis that makes entrepreneurship possible and that makes it successful right here in Memphis that you don't have to go to the Silicon Valleys like Bruce was talking about earlier. The access is right here. So we're going to have a deep conversation with really great experts. You can head over to newmemphis.org slash events to snag your $10 ticket for that event. And we are really excited. We hope we see you there. We also have a number of things coming up um, this summer. We look forward to hosting internships for summer experience. We have an Accelerate cohort currently going on. We have an upcoming LDI leadership development program that's coming up in a few weeks. Fellows, embarkers, everybody's moving and shaking. And we have graduations coming up. Um, we have Teacher Appreciation Week, the first week of May. So New Memphis Leadership Programs have a lot going on. It is a very busy time of year, but there's always room for you to get plugged in. So if you are curious about any of our events, if you're curious about any of our leadership development programs, if you are a curious funder who is interested in some of the work we do and wants to figure out how we can partner together to do any of this work, you can head over to info at newmemphis.org and we will be sure to route you in the right direction. And as always, uh, I just wanted to take a friendly reminder that New Memphis is a local nonprofit. So as you are considering giving with your time, talents, and your wallet, um, please consider New Memphis among those um, many, many worthy organizations right here in the 901. So until next week, bye. This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. 